Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, Aisha, would you lead us in the Fatiha, please? Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahmanirrahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasna'in. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Sirat al-lazina an'amta alayhim. Ghayri al-makhdubi alayhim wal-adhanim. Ameen. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, so today our slides are only nine slides, which is half the usual. And you might think this guy is a very slow learner because it's taken a year almost <laughs> until I get down to nine slides. But uh, let's see how this works. So nine slides, here we go. <laughs> okay, and you would think I could figure this out faster also, but here we go, all right. Okay, let me stretch this out. And remember that you can always uh, go up to view and hit gallery and then because that's what I'll do also gallery and then you can stretch your your rectangles out as you like. Okay. So So we'll look at Sura 100 and it, those that run and we'll look at how Ibrahimi is singling us to us what to find when we go into this enclosed area, this, this surah, this enclosed area of the Quran. And so we'll begin, I think, with Omar, with the Arabic. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wal-adiyyati dabha. Fal-muriyati qadha. Fal-mughirati subha. فأثرنا به نقعا فوسطنا به جمعا إن الإنسان لربه لكنود وإنه على ذلك لشهيد وإنه لحب الخير لشديد ألا فلا يعلم إذا بعثر ما في القبور وحصل ما في الصدور Okay, and uh, Klaus will take us to the German and the, and the English, I think both. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. By the steeds who run with panting breath and strike sparks of fire and push home the charge in the morning and raise the dust in clouds all the while, cleaving as one in the center of the foo. Truly, humanity is to its Lord ungrateful. And lo, Humanity is a witness to that. And violent is he in his love of wealth. Does he not know when that which is in the graves is scattered abroad? And that which is concealed in human chests is made manifest? That their Lord had been well acquainted with them even to that day? Durch jene, die im Galopp rasen, mit Keuchen und mit ihren Hufen Funken schlagen, morgens im Sturmangriff den Rückschlag erringen, dabei den Staub zu Wolken aufwirbeln und ungehindert ins Innerste eindringen, massenweise. Wahrlich, ist der Mensch gegenüber seinem Herrn undankbar, 
und davon legt er ein Zeugnis ab. Er ist heftig in seinem Streben nach Reichtum. Weiß er denn nicht, wann das, was in den Gräbern ist, überall hin verstreut wird? Und das, was sich in den Brüsten verbirgt, zutage treten wird? Dass ihr Herr mit ihnen gut vertraut war an diesem Tag? Thank you. Wow. So Ibn Arabi will start this chapter with the articulation of the heart. And so this is generally in the early part of this enclosed fence. So part of this chapter, he'll tell us, he cites other verses. These rush forward to the good things and they are the ones outstripping. There is an articulator who stand for the sake of the ones performing remembrance in their hearts. So the ones who are doing dhikr, are remembering Allah, they have an articulator. And this articulator who is there by means of the property they are flush against. So when they are in this dhikr, they are flush against the property of dhikr, of this continuous remembrance of the divine without any intervening interval. So they don't start and then stop later. It's a continuous movement. So they are hearing an articulator in their hearts, remembering God with dhikr in them while they are silent or while they're conversing with self-talks. So this can be happen when you are quiet and silent and doing this dhikr. It can also happen when your inner voice is moving and the dhikr is also happening at the same time. And they do not recognize who is articulating in them. This articulator is the one who spoke to Moses, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Indeed, it is I, God, no God but I. One calls this articulation an articulation of the heart. So the first is articulation of the heart. The heart is speaking, and one isn't sure which voice is the heart speaking in. It can be silent and then heard, and it can be self-talk and still heard. Um, Ibn Arabi has, of course, given us these passages after six or no, eight, seven or 8,000 pages where he has counseled us about Sharia. So he is making sure that by the time you get here, you know not to listen to your ego, you know not to listen to uh, the lower self, and you know all of these things, uh, that you know what the voice is that you're hearing. So after these 8,000 pages, we're ready. Now he's going to tell us, after all that, you are now listening to an articulator. And this is the articulator who spoke to Moses, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And then the second paragraph he talks about, a group of us say it is an angel God created from one's dhikr. And Ibn Abi has talked about angels that are created from the dhikr. An angel who is flush against you, and residing in you. He takes the place of and stands in your place of you, this slave, in your dhikr during the times when your forgetfulness intervenes in the dhikr. So you can see this as a, as, as a stuttering or as if you are moving along and you might interrupt, get interrupted, the angel then keeps driving you through to the next moment. So even if you come in and out, in and out, and stutter in a way, the angel keeps driving you. So these, these horse angels are driving you when you are pausing or hesitating or having an intervention going on. So then if your forgetfulness continues, however, and the dhikr is abandoned, this articulator is lost. So as long as you're generally moving this direction and you're stuttering along, the angel will keep driving you forward. But if, uh, the, if the interval is too long and you forget completely, then the dhikr is abandoned and the articulator is lost. But this articulator, and this is a good news that he tells us elsewhere, the articulator, this angel, is in the other world giving a continual um, recommendation to you, taking that dhikr that you made and continue it for you in the other world until you need it on the day of judgment. And then the third, and among the people, there are those who see about this that the, sorry, I have to move this a bit. 
Okay. Among the people, there are those who see about this that the true makes heard an articulation of the heart which is in one's chest. So that's the way of saying the heart which is in the chest. So not sort of a mental heart, but this physical heart in the chest, which he is ever flush against because the Sadr is the place where everything originates. It's the first place. A breaking of the fabric of convention and honoring miracle for this individual on God's part in the place where he made the articulation of your heart heard by you. So the heart is always articulating. Your limbs are always articulating. And so it's a miracle to hear that. Um, and, so you, and so if you hear that, physically hear that, then that's a miracle. But they're articulating whether I hear that or not in order to increase your faith through the articulation of your limbs. It is just as he said, it is he who sent down tranquility into the hearts of the faithful, that they may add faith to their faith. So faith to their faith, faith upon faith. In what came in the revelation about the articulation of their limbs during the end time and in the other world. So next he'll talk about the articulation of the limbs. So this is among the people. So this is a more general uh, description, but among his people, the people, you know, the family of dhikr, the family of Quran, the family of Allah, um, they see this as, and one of the part of us see this as an angel, which can helps us move this dhikr forward. And like, you know, the horse is racing. Okay. And then the other is this articulation of the skin which is a theme throughout the Futuhat. And we can also, this is in a sense, uh, a map title from this verse. And to that fact, humanity bears witness by its deeds. So that's in a sense, a title for this place that we are now looking at. So messenger of God, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, the hour will not come until the man will hear his legs speaking up about what his family did, and the tip of the whip will speak to the man. And God exalted said, their hands will speak up and their feet will bear witness to all that they did. And he said, you did not try to hide yourself, lest your hearing, your sights, and your skins should bear witness against you. But you thought that God does not know much of what you were doing. These will say on the day of rising for judgment to their skins, why are you bearing witness against us? So we'll look at our skin and say, why are you bearing witness against me? Their skin will reply, God has made us articulate, the one who has made everything articulate. So this is the, also the, the imagery is that my limbs are, them are, are blameless. And so the skins will say, you know, you know my person, my person sent me to that place to touch what I should not have touched. And that person directed my, myself, my eyes, to some place that I should not have looked at. And so the limbs will say, my person made me do these things, did all these things. So they will articulate and say what was happening. And so this is that the me will have my limbs testifying against me or for me. And so that what that's saying is that I do something and it's not just forgotten. It's not just goes into the void. The limbs have a memory of it and they will be able to speak up when this, when this event will come to account, when I will be accounted for and reckoned. And so when I am accounting for this, if I say, oh, I forgot about it or it just went into the void, the limbs, the skin, the heart will say, no, this is what really happened. And so this, the skin is intelligent and articulate. And this is where Ibn Arabi then makes the comment. So don't be, don't let your skin be smarter than you, knowing that of course the skin is smarter than us, more intelligent than us. So what uh, this, this memory is, is things that have happened and that are remembered by the limbs in, one, in this one case, and these limbs then articulate what was happening. Now here we're looking at a signpost for this enclosed space, this enclosed area, which is could be this verse here. And that which is concealed in human chests is made manifest. So this is the 10th verse. That which is concealed in human chest is made manifest. 
So when we go into this place in the enclosed space, we hear this. And from this alighting place, you will learn, my child, what matters the hearts conceal and what incoming thoughts flow through them and what their selves talk about in the way of registering and recording all that has come to pass. Up to the ones who verify this alighting place for themselves, recognizing in an individual the entirety of what his heart is encompassing and what his desire connects to. From the moment he was born and moved to seek the breast to the moment he is now sitting in front of them, including things this individual did not recognize about himself because he was a small child and because forgetfulness came to him and a lack of his turning to look at these things at all that came to pass in his heart and what his own self was telling him because of the long period of time. But the person of this alighting place will have authentic recognition of him, not vacillating and not doubting this recognition, no doubt coming from oneself and no doubt coming from anyone who is there before one or anyone present with their incoming thought. This is a state which comes upon the slave. So we, here we have a situation. The person who has gone to this place in this enclosed space uh, knows what is manifest what becomes manifest from the human chest. And Ibn Arabi is telling us that they can go back and look at that person. So in this case, someone is coming to a healer or a wise person or uh, someone who's going to help them. They come to them and they sit before them. And then this wise person who has been to this place in this enclosed area looks at the person and can see based on the marks, what has happened to this person. So these marks are a, a huge range. The marks can be physical, that there are places that you can look at your body and there are scars. And there could be scars from an event or scars that have formed without that, you know, the, the typical event. Or there can be parts of your body which are different and are changed because of something that happened to you. So something that you think is only happening inside of you will then manifest and show on your skin or on your body or on your posture or so on. So this person comes before them and this wise person looks at them and say, this is what happened to you. And this is the uh, idea of the wise person, the one who's been able to read you, read what is manifesting from you even if you're not aware of that. And this is why Ibn Arabi says, the ones who know and recognize these things, they know you better than you know yourself. So they identify the key parts of your life which have influenced you, have changed you, have moved you. And they know that more than you know yourself. So in a sense, when this person comes and sits before this wise person, the wise person is helping them learn what happened to them what it means that what what it means whatever happened to you and this uh so this is the skin talking the heart talking in a, art, and articulating and this person hearing this articulation and saying this happened to you this happened to you and Marabi says for some of these it can be from their moment they were born to the moment they're sitting in front of you asking for your help that, they, that that person can see the entire picture of your life. So the key words here that you're registering and recording past events. So we've looked at the imagery of the vinyl record, these grooves, that these are, these are grooves and scars and tracks and traces, which you can then go over and learn again and learn from them. And this is how we deal with things that have happened in the past. The way to deal with them, to be able to work through with them, is to be able to go across it again, but this time with knowledge. This time, instead of just having it happen to me or me do something blindly, this time I go across and I look at it. What is its meaning? And the meaning is something that is mutable and changing and doesn't necessarily come with the event. In fact, it rarely comes with the event. 
The things that have meaning are things that you learn about years later or very far away from that situation, you learn that. And these tracks then, that's where you have the sense of deja vu, you know that you've seen this before. So sometimes we go over, if we're in a rut, we're in this part of the vinyl record, it's for us to keep going over these events until we understand their meaning, until we, they manifest to us and say, that's what this means. We, just, we understand what our desire is connected to. And so one of the things that we learn on the path is that we do so many things with unconscious desire. We don't know why we do them. And so one of the things on the path that we want to learn is what is driving me? What am I attracted to? What, not, what do I desire? And if I can know that, then I can operate in a way that is considerate and good for other people. If I don't know this, then I'm the, you know, the bull in the China shop. I'm just flashing around, flailing around, trying to get what I want, hurting everyone in the, in the process. So to know what my desire connects to is very crucial. Because we, we don't, so when you first read that, you might think, oh, everyone knows what they desire, but they don't. They really don't know what they desire. And to find out what they desire and to have that clearly a manifest before you, this is something that that wise person and you yourself will be able to come to know. And these are all events or these are all these on the vinyl record, these are all these grooves that have passed. So these are the grooves on, you know, side A in the first few songs. So these are childhood memories, childhood events, teenage, young adult, all these events that have happened that have become unrecognized, that they're far away now because we're over here on the record and they're way back there. So in a sense, the person who can go to this enclosed space can go back and see the beginning of the record and can see when you were a small child, what happened. And it's easy because when you're a small child to forget. So whatever happened to us, we forget. Um, and so uh, we, 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 and that's, that's a good thing, but there is something that does happen. We forget what happens in infancy. Um, and so we, it's, a, it's in, helpful to be able to say, what's the first thing I remember and to see how far we go back into remembering. And we might've forgotten uh, because we, and we might not turn our focus on them. So this is where there are so many events in our life that we don't turn our focus on them. We don't realize how important they are. And the same way that when we give a, a kind word to someone, a sadaqa, a charity of a kind word to someone, we might not know how important that is. And a person, we may see that person years later and that person said, remember when you said that nice thing to me, that was so helpful, I was going through a hard time. And we might not know that that was so important. And we might not know, I might not know in my own life, which events I need to focus on, which events were important and meaningful, and which are the events that I should go over and look at this time with knowledge. And so if it's a long time ago, you know, it's easy to forget. And whenever we're bringing these up, we, we think that, oh, things that have happened now, yesterday, or this year, they're the ones that I need to focus on and look at, when actually things that might be buried long in the past are the ones that are still influencing me now, still driving me now. So I need to uncover them and, and learn from them. And so, uh, of course, many of you here are, you are already, you are these people that I'm talking about. Um, I, I know personally, many of you are people who do see these things. Um, and this is the gift that is, is that not only do then you see for yourself and you work on yourself, you work on remembering what needs to be remembered, finding meaning and where meaning needs to be found, but then you also help the next person, the person who is forgetting all of these things and is sitting in front of you in this image that Ibn Arabis has, sitting in front of you, asking, you know, what's happening with me? And you'll say, this happened to you, this happened to you. And you begin to help that person find out what happened and what its meaning is. So it's a very, very powerful passage that he's, he's put in into very uh, condensed form. And, and, but clearly he's thinking about this one, this image of sitting before this wise person and you sit before them and they help you go over the record and find out 
what's playing, what the music is, what it means. Okay. And uh, another uh, part of this that Ibn Arabi talks about is wanting to know person's state, their condition, what's happening with them. And what's happening with them is more interest, is that it's more interesting than someone's position or their rank. And if you notice, uh, you know, that certain people will talk about, you know, great people with and talk only about their position and, and where they are in the hierarchy and things like that. Uh, Ibn Arabi is teaching us with this, this story that we ask, what's the person's condition? What's their state? And so um, someone is being, in a sense, criticized. <clears throat> How much you love to make us know the position of Abdul Qadir like a river bursting forth. And you can just see the person is so excited and praising Abdul Qadir and just, and just loves to talk about him. But by God, I want to know the state of Abdul Qadir. How was he with his wife? How is he today in his grave? So how is he today in his grave? It's like uh, Musa alayhi salam, when uh, the, the Prophet alayhi salam had his night ascension, he saw Moses in the grave and Moses was doing the salat, was performing the salat. So, uh, you want to know what is Abdul Qadir doing in his grave right now? That's what's interesting. That's what's exciting. Um, and so titles and his position and what a great person he was on this hierarchy is not that important. You want to know day to day, how was he? How was he with his wife? How did he eat his food? How did he treat the people around him? And how is he right now in his grave? So if we'll have a ilahi for that right now. None can equal him, prophets by his side, light of the whole earth, exalted by Allah. Souls amazed, angels amazed by his sanctity. Sayyid Sultan Abdul Qadir Gailani, Kutub of the wise, Axis of the saints, the throne and the pen shine within his heart. Souls amazed, angels amazed by his purity. Saint Sultan Abdul Qadir Gailani, Hakla ilaha ilaha. Allah, 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 Allah. Rob Surah Rahman, Derga Allah's grace, Zikrullah wisdom, one essential face. Souls amazed, angels amazed by his mastery. Sayyid Sultan Abdul Qadir Gailani, he is seeking me, me his beloved. I become Azum, bewildered with great love. Souls amazed, angels amazed by his mystery. Sayyid Sultan Abdul Qadir Gailani, Hakla ilaha ilaha, Roads from Baghdad flow with his sweet presence. I am his dervish beyond both the worlds. Renounce division, truth is one, pure identity. Sayyid Sultan Abdul Qadir Gailahani, roads from Istanbul, streaming with his love, Musa Faruddin, Ashki Jerahi, renounce division, truth is one, pure identity. Sayyid Sultan Abdul Qadir Gailahani, Atla ilaha, ilaha Allah, 
Allah 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 Thank you. Yeah, so that's how that's how we can be the the lovers of these great people because we're really not looking too much at their hierarchy. We're just saying he's someone I love. And so that's how this love works. And the other person can say, oh, but the position is so exalted. How can little old me love someone like that? And so I said, well, that's because we're watching the hal. So this, we're looking now at the, the way these the way these images are, how we are, and the marketplace of the garden. So when you enter the marketplace of the garden and you see what is in there, all the images, then whatever image you see and find beautiful, you are gathered into it. So we, I'm using this word gathered into. So gathered into is the, is the imagery that Ibn Arabi is showing us here that the we, the who I am, is gathered into an image. In a sense, you, if you're looking at the shadow play, here's the puppet, and then there's the virtual who I am, and then that image, the light hits it, and then the image gathers together the shadow from the puppet and the who I am, and puts that into one, gathers it together. Never ceasing in the garden ever is you're being gathered into one image after another until no end point. So these images will never end. This, in order for you to learn the vastness of the divine. So once you come into being, you never end. You never leave being. So just as the images of Tajalli, this uh, radiant brilliance, never repeat, in that way, this one receiving the brilliant radiance needs to accept each image radiated to them with another image looking for you during the Tajalli. So when one image is, is, is radiating is being radiated into me there's another one in the on, on the side of the stage waiting to come in one never ceases being gathered into images ever taking them from the marketplace of the garden these images which are in the marketplace are not received and not deemed beautiful except according to what is correlated to the image of the tajali which is yours in the future you see this image is like the special preparation belonging to that tajali so that shining brilliance has a preparation which will prepare you in the future to receive this image. So learn this because this is part of the kernels of divine recognition. These are the keys to understanding uh, where and who and how the divine is. And so if you are understanding this well, you will recognize that you are now just like this. So right now, we are just like this. This is what's happening to us and will happen to us eternally. You are gathered during each breath into an image of the present moment which you are flush against. It is simply that your conventional vision is hiding this from you. Even if you sense your fluctuations in your moments based on which you are moving and changing in your visible outwardness, and you're invisible insides, yet you will not know that they are images belonging to your spirit, you entering into them in every now, and you gathered into them. The Arifun, the ones, the mystics, the ones who see these things, see them as images, whole and true, stable, visible to the eye. So there are those who see these images coming in from the Tajali, and they see them whole and true, stable and visible. And the rest of us see them, our sights don't allow us to see them. Our sights hide them from us. And so we don't see that each image is a new image coming on to each of us and to the next person, each one having a fresh image that they have been prepared for. And if I don't see that as, as something that is happening all the time and changing all the time, then I might think that the world is all the same and I might think that whatever I am trapped in is what is always going to be. So to be able to lift off of that being stuck, being trapped, is to see that each image that's coming is coming. And in the future, there's another one in the wings ready to come into us again. So, and now let's look at that, uh, the verse that their Lord had been well acquainted with them even to that day. So this is the title for reckoning. 
and taking to account. The arifun precede their arising for judgment in the place of tasking, the one in which the entirety of the people are interpreted. And so your life is interpreted. That is that you look at the actions and then you find out where they came from and where they are going. And that's the description of interpretation. So you interpret your life. So when you're on the life that when you see the bridge, which is your life, that bridge is interpreted. You interpret what that your life meant. They weigh their actions themselves. So instead of putting their actions on the, the giant scale on the day of judgment, they weigh their actions themselves. They put them into the pans themselves and they make a reckoning of themselves before fluctuating to the next world, before arriving at the, at the, at the terrifying and tremendous scale of questioning and judgment. The Lalk River has encouraged doing so. He said, make a reckoning of yourselves before you will be held to account. I have about this a tremendous vision which I saw and I benefited greatly from this reckoning. This reckoning on the day of judgment will not repeat for me in the place where the people are held to count. So people will be coming up to the scale and they'll be sweating and nervous and terrified. And, this, and they will say, what is the scale going to say about my life? How will I be evaluated? And evaluated is valued and also weighed. So how will I be weighed? And so this is the question that everyone has. And Ibn Arabi is saying that he has already had that weighing, that reckoning take place. So he won't repeat it there in front of the great scale. I took this station only from my teacher, Abd Abdullah bin al-Mujahid and Abd Abdullah ibn Qasum in Sevilla. This was the state of the two. And I exceeded ibn Qasum in this concerning making a reckoning of myself by holding myself account accountable for the incoming thoughts of the day. So in chapter 33, he describes writing down in his notebook at the end of the day, at night, he would write down, his teachers would write down all of their actions and which of their actions uh, were commendable, which of the actions were faulted, which ones that they had to ask for forgiveness for, which for the ones that they had to rectify. And so Ibn Arabi says he exceeded them by writing down all his incoming thoughts, every thought and notion that came to him. The Sheikh would make a reckoning of himself only concerning actions and statements made that day, nothing else, but he did his incoming thoughts as well. This amount is enough for familiarizing you with what this alighting place encompasses. So what this Surah 100, what it encompasses and encloses. And then he ends with this verse, which he ends almost every chapter with, and God speaks the true, and who is the guide to the way? And then this usually is the end of the chapter, and he goes to the next one. But here, suddenly, after his closing verse, he said, said to me just now was, utter in the last part of each alighting place described. So after each of these chapters that you're now writing from chapter uh, 287 onwards, uh, write down, uh, utter this, Subhanaka, Allahumma, wa bihamnika, la ilaha illa anta, wa astaghfiruka, wa tuba And since I'm figuring that I'm going to have to put this beautiful uh, dhikr and prayer behind every chapter, I want to find a nice way to organize it. So over here, you'll see uh, a way to organize that. This, and so uh, from the evening word of Nurdin al-Jirahi, we have uh, the translation is, is this one. All glorious are you, O Allah, and all praise flows to you alone. There is no reality apart from you. I seek forgiveness from you, and I turn my entire being to you alone. So uh, this is this is for asking for forgiveness and then turning the entire being to you alone. And so subhanallah, Allahumma wa bihamdika, la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa tubu Okay, so watch for this in the last uh, part of the ilahi that we'll hear now. 
I think well, we, have, we have some wonderful contributions. Huge chat. Over there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, uh, okay. Oh, we, were, uh, we were also, also going to look at the Adam Eve, uh, the Adam Eve story again, very quickly. Okay. So let, let me. Uh, so that we talked about that briefly last time, and to say it again. So Ibn Arabi has one way of looking at the Adam Eve story, um, and that is that. Uh, when the when the Iblis is saying go to this tree, approach the tree. They're told not to approach the tree. So you should approach the tree because your cherisher wants you to take from this tree and have eternal life, and to you will gain a kingdom, an entire kingdom. And so, Adam, Adam, knowing his cherisher and having a good opinion of his cherisher, does that. And Ibn Arabi says, and what happens next? Well, Adam and Eve have eternal life, and then they inherit the earth, and they are uh, the, the possessors of the vast kingdom. And so Ibn Arabi is saying, you, so in, when you see it this way, that because Adam had a good opinion of his Lord, of his cherisher, um, he, this is what came about. That what what in some religions or in some perspectives might be seen as sin or something like that is actually the process by which Adam Eve would become beings with humanity with internal life and would have uh, the the vast realm and kingdom. Okay. So I mean. Okay. Um, from what I understand, nothing happens without God's will. And herein lies looking for resolution of opposites. Yeah. Um, so, so we're, we're we're looking at the that what happens in, in you know, God's will, and we've talked about that as sort of an obstacle course that is called your life, and that these things will happen. But what those things will mean is entirely up to us. And so that's why there's uh, this. We have predestination and no free will and all of that and then we have complete free will because all of these things that are going to happen to me and have happened to me were known to be happening but my response to them and the meaning that is derived from them is not known 
is something that the divine names are waiting to see. So is this something which is going to be evaluated negatively or evaluated positively? Is it something that is going to be evaluated by the constrictor or by the expander? And so um, the divine names are waiting in the wings to find out how I respond to this obstacle on the course. Um, another statement here, evil comes in only the con comes only in the context of creation. Yeah, and so last week we had the three things that in order for Allah to have love between us from the divine to us, there has to be a correlation. We have to be correlated to the divine. And the three ways we're correlated are, now I'm not gonna remember. So we, uh, we own, that's number two, we, are, we think we own, so we own. And so if I own things, it's because I have been given a correlation to the divine who does indeed own. But the evil or the bad or the problem comes when I think that I should own even though I should, and I should be God. That's where the problem comes. Good. Okay. Um, and she added, in relation to our experiential learning, as I understand, so the learning from experiences is to read these tracks, to read these traces. Good. Um, this recording of past events, do these include events before coming to current plane? Yes, so uh, Ibn Arabi takes us, you know, we, we typically think that the events that take place from birth onward are the only ones that really count. Ibn Arabi is saying it comes from pre-eternity. So after we are said be and we are, and then we are said, who am I? Am I not your cherisher? We say, yes, you are a cherisher. And at that moment, everything that happens after that are, is marking us, scarring us or marking us. And, and so the, the first mark that some of us hit are the two foot on the footstool, the two feet. So that's the do and don't do. So we go from unconditional love to conditional love. Do this and I'll love you. Don't do this and, I, and I'll love you. And so we get into this problem of conditional love. And so how, how am I, can I be loved? And yet I have these two different possibilities. And then we go down through the pre-eternal cosmos and we hit comets and stars and planets and all these other kinds of things. And each of those hits uh, makes a mark on us. And so, you know, if you hit Venus, Venus becomes the place where you need to then go when you are born, you then begin to look at Venus and how Venus has, has, has influenced your life. And so to this extent, that's how, you know, in a sense, astrology works. It's saying that, that what you have gone through in pre-eternity as you drop through uh, the cosmos into, your, into the womb, uh, that has an effect on you. And then in the womb, things have effect on you. And then when you're born, things have an effect on you. Um, this reminds me of a Shakespearean play where you have a main drama going on the, the main stage, but then there are all these secondary dramas going on below the stage, and those eventually become the main drama on the stage. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, because when if I look back at my life, uh, do I, what do I say were the important parts? Or, or that was the lead actor in, in my life. Well, maybe this person on the wings was my lead actor and the one who really, you know, made. So that's that's the fascinating thing. When you do go back and, and, and look at all of these things, you realize that this event and this person were so important. And these other things that we thought were so important were really didn't have much to offer us. <laughs> good, good. And there's a comment, that's why Shakespeare is a shape and appear. <laughs> appear, yeah. Well, and, and actually with this all the world of stage, I mean, this is the this is the yeah. mystic knowledge that Ibn Arabi talks about. Shadow play is the way you understand your life. <laughs> Beautiful. Then the images be manifestations or presentations of experiential learning. So so he's he's saying that the the, the tajelli, this radiant brilliance that hits us has its readying with it. And so when it hits us, it will ready us in a certain way. And so we'll think something beautiful only because that has made us see that it is beautiful. So we don't, it's not like a preconceived notion that, that something will, will, you'll be readied to see something as beautiful. And this, we also know that um, with, with unconditional love that the person couldn't do anything to make you love them more or do anything to make you love them less. And when Allah loves us with that, 
unconditional love, which is Allah's love, then there's nothing I can do to increase his love for me. So there's no, I can't, if I do, if I do all the prayers and all the law and all of that, as we are told, that's for me. It's for me that I'm following the Sharia, the law. It's not for Allah's benefit. In the same way, if I don't do it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt because the moment I say, I'm finished with that, then the love is right there. <laughs> How do these three levels of self knowing, i.e. heart, limbs, and skins, uh, witness talk with its own agency independent of the self? Um, in parentheses, who is this self? Akal? Compare or sit with the angelic recorders on left and right side. Are they different levels? How detailed is this revealing? Are there, is there any difference? Okay. Yeah, so we, this definitely is a Shakespeare play. And lots of actors are going on here. Um, so there is, uh, there is the overseeing spirit, which oversees. So there is a me. There is a, there is a me that's just who I am, who you are. And that who you are, uh, Ibn Arabi talks about that as the as the just said it's a virtual body it's like it's like who you are so if i see you in a dream i say oh that's you and you might have been old or young or a man or a woman or this or that but i know it's you and so that's that's seeing you who you are and then there are these um there are all these these other the other sort of who i am who, who am i uh the each my skin and heart and all the limbs, they have their own being. They are themselves. And so they have their own akal, their own intelligence. So they have their intelligence, they have their articulation, and they have their life. And so that's why there's everything, it, there is nothing in creation, but it celebrates Allah. And it celebrates Allah because it is alive, articulate, and intelligent. And so all those three are there. So all of my body is an intelligent self. The, each of them is a self. And then, and so they'll call, they'll say, my person did this. This way you might say, my dog did that. They'll say, my person did that. Because it's my person, you know, they, they in a sense own me. The, the, the limbs will say that, that he is my person and he made me walk there. Um, so there, and then the angels that are coming are also angels which are residing here and they are residing at near the chest. And so they are recording and registering everything that comes in. And then there's also the, the sight that I am when the tajeli hits me then the question is, how will I react? And how I will react uh, will bring on divine names in the wings who will come to me depending on how I react. So it's a huge uh, cast of characters, no doubt. <laughs> um, how do you know the corresponding surah for each chapter of the Manazil? Well, uh, in what he's told us uh, before, when he introduces this, uh, Ibn Arabi has told us that that the person who sees these things walks backpedals. He backpedals, and so he he sees the one and then backpedals one by one by one by one. And so this person who explores the Quran, which is 114 suar, uh, enclosed areas, this person will see them, the 114th first and then 113th, 112th, and he'll keep backpedaling until he reaches the Fatiha at the end. So the beginning is the end and the end is the beginning. So this is the 114 chapters of the Futaha are the 114 suar enclosed places of Quran. How can you meet that wise person of wisdom who can tell me what is wrong in me and how can I correct me and put myself on track so that I do not lose that angel of articulation. Yeah, this is this is something that's so it's so important. It's always and it's such grace because you I can't do this myself. Um, someone has to teach me how to read myself. I have to I have to sit before someone who says this is what's happening to you. So uh, so you can imagine that when someone is a healer of that uh, like that, how much gratitude there is. There's such a, it's such a deep gratitude that someone has come who can see me and can see what I can't see for myself. 
So this is so this is this is the that's the grace, this is the beauty, which it's what we're searching for. And what Ibn Arabi is helping us do, I think, is that he gives us the words, it tells me what I'm looking for. And so I can also, if I've had that person sit before me, I can revisit that. If I have had that a time when a teacher has shown me something, I can revisit that. And, and so this is uh, to know that sort of with, with my mind and know the words helps me see, yes, I'm looking for those people who can see what I can't see and can teach me what I don't know and can heal what I can bring up what needs to be healed so that it can be healed. And it's it's it's, it's it's the most important thing that that we we find on the path because this is how and this is we tie that into the love of the teacher the love of the peer the love of the the saints the love of the prophets the love of the messengers the love of the mothers and the love of those people who are brought as a gift to each of us and say i will help you and so beautiful In trying to understand your life what is it that one has to understand what is the criteria to quote understand your life so the understanding of the life is that this obstacle course and how we worked it and the moment and it barbie says that when we are in the grave the moment we we are going into the grave or leaving the grave we will see a bridge stretched before out in front of us and that bridge we will immediately recognize as the bridge that we designed in our life so the bridge that is, this is the, the famous bridge that we cross to go to the garden. It goes to the gate of the garden. And that bridge that we are crossing, that's the bridge that we designed in our life. So if it's a bridge that's hard to traverse, uh, it's very narrow, we can't traverse it well, there are lots of gaffs and hooks and, and thorns along the way, then we're saying, I made that bridge. You know, my life was... I didn't ask for forgiveness to cover over what needed to be covered over. I hurt myself, I hurt others. And that's the life that I bring. And when I see that in front of me, I'll say, what a disaster. How am I going to get across this bridge? And so this is, the, what, this is why the Prophet counsels us to heal ourselves by reckon for yourself before you are reckoned with. So to make a reckoning of yourself before you get to that bridge so that you can make your bridge a beautiful bridge. And you don't have to now, I don't have to go back to year one, year two, year three, childhood. Uh, I can take what those events, go back and then find their meaning. And then what needs to be covered over, which is astaghfiruk, which means I asked you to, to cover over these things. What needs to be covered over, I asked to be covered over. And then when I see that bridge, those hooks and gaffs and, and thorns will be covered over. And so, uh, so that's our telling. That's telling us that in, today in this world right now, work on your bridge, on the life that is your bridge, and say, have I have I responded the right way? And, and Ibn Arabi said, do that every night. At the end of the day, you sit down and you write down with a pen and paper in your notebook. And he as he uses the notebook, you sit down and you say, what did I do today? Knowing that it, I'm making my bridge in the future. So what needs to be covered over? What do I need to fix? What, do I, what was wrong? What was good? What should I do more of? What are the things that are beautiful that will make this bridge beautiful when I get there? Can the wise person not be a wiser version of ourself? Uh, yeah, so in a sense, yes. The, another in the cast of characters is the self, which is the divine self. <laughs> and so the divine self, can be the one who then looks at you. And Ibn Arabi says, so you see with the eye of the divine. So God says, when I love them uh, and, and they, they come to me and I love them, and then I become the eye with which they see. So when, when Allah is the eye with which you see, then that part is seeing in you and seeing who you are and telling you who you are. And so there, there be, so the, the other me, the kind of the more worldly me, is the one that has to say, open up for Allah to see with the Allah's eyes what is happening to me. And so that's non-judgmental for sure, which is very interesting because if, so if you're able to look at yourself non-judgmentally, and with love, even at, with your mistakes and faults and imperfections, and you can see that with love, with mercy, and with kindness, 
then you know you're looking with the eye of Allah, of Rahman and Rahim. For me, everyone is my therapist in that everyone is a mirror to reflect where I am at each moment and what I need to change and not to suit and please everyone's ego, but to know how to react about a particular situation which impacted me. So for me, everyone is a messenger one way or another. Yes, and so that's the, that's the mirror. And Ibn Abi says the mirror, the beauty of the mirror. And so the faithful person is, uh, is the, the sibling to the faithful person. The mirror is what, you, what, if I see, if there's something good in me and I can't see it, I see it in my sibling. And so that's the mirror. So when I see something good, I'm seeing what I can't see as good in myself. And so then I can, it's my teacher to say, that's a good thing in yourself. And if I'm projecting all sorts of nastiness on other people, then I'm projecting my own nastiness, my own ugliness. And so I have to say, when I see everything else around me, everyone is so ugly, is so nasty, uh, then I have to say, I'm seeing myself and I'm unable to see myself except after I project it onto someone else. Then I say, oh, that's what's happening to me inside. And so, uh, but, and so it's both ways, it's the ugly and the, and the beautiful. And so, and so when you see yourself praising someone for a good thing, uh, you know, that you're so, you know, punctual or you're so considerate or you're, or you clean up after yourself or whatever you're saying to the other person as praise, you then can later on say, oh, that's actually something, a quality I have that I clean up after myself. I'm, I try to be considerate with other people and all these things. And so it's a way to, in a sense, give yourself the true self, the praise that, that, that she deserves. And so that's very important. And that's the mirror. That's the beauty of the mirror. Wonderful, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm struggling to process the response to the earlier question, can the images be manifestations or presence of experiential learning? If there's time, will you go over that again, please? Okay. Yeah, I'm still have, need to find out how to get a hold of this. I'm sure. Was that the room? Can that be? So, um, so the the images that the that you see in the mirror or that the person sees in you, those are what you manifest with your experience. So that's that's what you are doing, and so. Um, so, the, so the, what you are doing then is, is an image. So as image is not simply uh, visual, it's also eventful or happening. It's what, it's what you're actually doing. And so to that, to that sense, the, the images shows what the person is experienced and has learned. And so um, if I'm not learning something, and I'm, or, or I'm, I'm overburdened or something like that, then you'll see that in the posture, you'll see, you'll have a pain in the neck. And so that's the experience of having something that's not working for you is a pain in the neck. And a, some, and a feeling of not being supported is a, a pain in the back and, and something that you can't shoulder its burden. All of these are, are visual signs or manifestations of something that you've experienced. And so to know that you've experienced these things is, is where knowledge comes in. And that's why knowledge is so valuable because it tells you I, the reason I'm having this pain is because I'm experienced this somewhere else. Um, comment, one has to be ready and safe to work on issues. A wise one needs to be aware of the vulnerability of the person. Yes, and so, and you can just think like with the mirror, um, you know, you have to be prepared for what you're going to see in the mirror. You have to be prepared for what the person is going to be showing to you. And it's often very difficult to see non-judgmentally. Um, and so that's why, it's some, that's why the mirror is there because it's easier for me to forgive the next person than it is to forgive myself. And so that's, that's a teaching, maybe a graduated way of getting to where I need to go. And it's graduated because it can be very much overwhelming. And then you have to be vulnerable in the sense that you have to say, be ready to say, I want to see what Allah sees in me. I want to reckon with myself before I am reckoned with. Um, can you send us the prayer in the chat? Um, this person didn't wasn't able to write it down. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 quickly go to the to that screen and uh, 
and uh, look at that again. Because yeah, we, we should look at it again because of um, the Allahi, you know, that goes so beautifully. So the Allahi does, the, the dervish cries as astaghfirullah. That is, I ask you, Allah, to cover up and cover over uh, the faults, the separation. Only your lover remains. And so that happens then. That And so that, then this, that nice triangle there is so subhanaka, which is so glory to you, or all glorious are you, Allahumma, O Allah, la ilaha illa anta, there's no God but you, or there is no reality apart from you, wastaghfiruka, which means I seek forgiveness from you, I seek you to cover over the faults, and these faults come when I am separated, when I think that I am an owner but I'm, I think when I am a Khalifa, I'm doing all these things, but I'm not, I think that I myself am God. So when I think I'm God because I'm correlated to the divine, then all sorts of problems take place. And that needs to be covered over and say, no, I am not God. You alone are God. Even though I look like you, even though I act like you, and even though I own like you, I am not God. And so, and so the moment that I can cover that over and then turn my entire being to you alone, and then at that moment, we get the, the last line of the Allahi. Okay. So, Supanaka, Allahumma, wa bihamdik, la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa tubalek. Okay. Um, you said all the images are converging within us. Yeah, so this is the gathering into. So the gathering into is this, is this um, that the entire record that's played, all the lines, all the, the grooves are gathered into. And so uh, each image that comes next has gathered into it all of the images that came before. And so so that's why I'm saying that when I'm three years old and I do something, it's not, it doesn't just go to the void. It's remembered. It's remembered by my skin and maybe I have a scar. It's remembered by my heart, by my eyes. Something is remembering it. And so it doesn't just go into the void. And so every new image that I come into carries with it the entire record of my life. And so that's why I can always go back at any time and change the record and change the melody. Uh, and when I change the melody, that's building the bridge in the next world. So Omar quotes Rumi on coming to know your true desire. And the quote is, everyone has been made for some particular work and the desire for that work has been put in every heart. Yeah, yeah. So that's set in every heart. So here's the heart and it's and, the, and set into it. So as, as a ridge or as a scar or as an indent is the desire that and then you, your life is fulfilled when you know what that desire is. And so we're taught, look for that desire. That's what you really want. So you, when I'm grabbing things and I think this will make me happy, that'll make me happy. That's uh, that flailing about is not helpful. I've got to find out what is my true desire. Then I will know why I'm attracted to that, why I, why I want that. Beautiful, thank you. <laughs>